Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We're still in the book of Revelation. We'll be in chapters 15 and 16, and we'll be covering the seven last plagues or the last uh, judgment uh, that God pours out upon the earth before the Lord Jesus returns. Uh, these uh, seven last plagues are full. Notice I, that's a very key verse, full of the judgment of God. Well, let's go ahead and pray, and let's get right into the Word of God. Father, we bless you. We praise you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for blessing this work, both in the ears that hear and in the uh, mouth that speaks, and we'll give you praise for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So now, this uh, first chapter 15, we're going to look into first. It chronicles uh, the beginning of the end of the kingdom of darkness, the beginning of the end. Uh, And of course, you know, this kingdom John calls Babylon. Now, when the devil was cast down to earth, he knew he had but a short time. Uh, And in that time, he couldn't do away with the man-child who we come to know to be the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus grew. He matured. He set about to change the world, the very world that Satan wanted for himself. And the devil tried to destroy the sun-clothed woman. We found that in, in, back in chapter 12, and he failed at that. Uh, he also, he couldn't defeat the remnant of the woman, the saved uh, remnant of Israel. Uh, he instigated war in heaven, and he was defeated by Michael the archangel. So at this point, after his power and authority has been steadily reduced, uh, he at this point now, towards the end of the Great Tribulation period, Satan's last bastion of rebellion is going to be on earth. And the Lord God is going to bring judgment upon uh, his seat, the seat and the power of the Antichrist and of his kingdom, along with all those that have taken the mark of the beast. uh, It grieves my heart to know that many, many millions shall. So this chapter, chapter 15, it serves as an introduction uh, to the beginning of the events that will uh, precipitate the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, verses 1 and 2. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. So John sees another sign. This is another sign of the same kind uh, that he sees as great and marvelous. He sees seven angels, each of them holding the seven last plagues uh, that are to be poured out upon the earth. And these plagues are the judgments that God will inflict upon the kingdom of Antichrist. Uh, And notice that these plagues are filled up with the fullness of the wrath of God. These are the uh, fully ripened grapes we studied previously uh, that are thrown into the wine press of the wrath of God. Now they are about to be pressed. And so next thing that John sees, uh, he sees a sea mingled with fire. And those who were standing on this sea were them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name. And they had in their hands harps of God, which they were going to play and sing. Now, 
these are the tribulation saints that we saw earlier in Revelation chapter 7. Now, verses 3 and 4. And they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, O thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. So now... Uh, we see how much singing there is in heaven. We've seen many, many hymns and many songs. And so the tribulation saints, both made up of Jew and Gentile, those who have gotten the victory over the Antichrist. Remember now, we're looking towards the end of the tribulation period. Uh, they sing the song of Moses. And it, this song is a song of God's faithfulness to Israel throughout her history. Amen. And all this culminates in this nation, the nation of Israel, will looking upon when Jesus returns, looking upon him in whom they have pierced and mourning for him as one would mourn for an only son. You see, and not only do they sing the song of Moses, they sing the song of the Lamb, a song of redemption that is in Christ Jesus and a victory over the nations of the world whom Christ will come to reign over. So this tells us that there's going to be Many Gentiles located within this group. Now, verses 5 and 6. And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen, and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. So John sees a great and marvelous wonder. He sees a great multitude, both of Jew and Gentile, standing upon a sea of glass mingled with fire. And then another wonder appears. John beholds the tabernacle in heaven with a view into the most holy place and sees seven angels with the seven last plagues coming out of the temple. And each of these seven angels were marvelously clothed in pure and spotless white linen, and John says, in what appeared to be a golden sash around their chest. So these angels, they come out of the tabernacle of God in heaven, of which now the tabernacle of Moses was made a copy of. And we know that from Paul's writings in Hebrews chapter 8. And their work is connected with a mere earthly model of the real tabernacle in heaven. For when Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle, God warned him to follow exactly the pattern of the heavenly tabernacle as shown to him on Mount Sinai. So what we see in heaven, the tabernacle of Moses was made a copy of. Now, verses 7 and 8. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. So one of the living beings, he hands to each of the seven angels a vial of the last judgment of God. Seven vials in total. We could call these the bowls of God's judgment. And these seven last plagues they are beginning to or will be poured out upon the sea and the seat of the Antichrist. 
And John says the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. This is reminiscent of what took place in the temple in the Old Testament. In uh, 1 Kings chapter 8, And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Now in the Old Testament account, the cloud was the cloud of glory that often appeared when the men of God worshipped in the temple. Now in verse 8, this verse now, smoke filled the temple. So this is speaking of smoke from the incense that was poured upon the altar. And so John writes of the seven vials and that they are full of the wrath of God. This speaks to us of the awesomeness and the magnitude of these last vile judgments that are going to be poured out upon the inhabitants of the earth. And notice the fact that no one was able to enter into the temple. This implies to us that no prayers of entreaty, no intercession is allowed. It's all prohibited. Therefore, this means to me that there's going to be now there is no turning what the Lord intends to do to those who dwell upon the earth, who worship the Antichrist and have received the mark. And remember the trumpet judgments, that they affected just one third of the earth and the sea and its inhabitants. These vials are full of the wrath of God. So just think of what happened to one third of the earth of the sea and the inhabitants. Now, these vials are going to take place uh, two-thirds greater. So this is a horrible, horrible final judgment upon those who are on the earth. So at this point, all those who have been destined to be saved have been saved, and they've been raptured to heaven. And they're now, you know, in this stage here, they're now appearing before the throne of God. And the only remainder of people who are yet to be redeemed upon earth is the nation of Israel. And when the Lord returns to earth, this tiny nation will be redeemed. Christ will save them from annihilation. He'll save them from the imminent destruction of the Antichrist and his vast army. And then Israel will realize that Christ is their Messiah. And this tiny nation of Israel, maligned throughout history, will become the seat of authority and throughout all the nations of the world during the millennium, with Jesus Christ seated upon the throne of David and ruling all nations with a rod of iron. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, now verse 16, verses 1 and 2. This is the pouring out of the first vial. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. So now John hears the voice of the temple, out of the temple, saying to the angels to begin to pour out these vials of judgment upon the earth. And these judgments will affect primarily the kingdom of the Antichrist but they'll, and all those who have received the mark, but it, it, will infect, it will affect all the inhabitants that are upon the earth. And notice that this noisome and grievous sore. Now, the word sore here is the, is the Greek word 
Elkos, and what it means, it means an ulcerated wound that's full of discharging pus. And this sore infects all those who have received the mark of the beast. And there doesn't seem to be any cure for this plague. Now, this first plague is reminiscent reminiscent of one of the plagues of Egypt that Moses cast upon the Egyptians. We find that in Exodus chapter 9, verses 10 and 11. So they took ashes from the kiln and went to Pharaoh as he watched. Moses tossed them toward the sky and they became boils that broke out on men and animals alike throughout all Egypt. And the magicians couldn't stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boils appeared upon them also. So just think about these ulcerating sores that just fill with pus. Uh, it's a horrible thing to contemplate. I've seen men with boils on their skin, and it is very vile. Uh, all right, now the pouring out of the second vial, uh, verse 3. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. Think about that. Every living soul died in the sea. So this plague reminds us of the sounding of the second trumpet. And this plague also reminds us of the first plague Moses uh, performed against Pharaoh of Egypt. And this is found in Exodus chapter 7, verse 20. And Moses and Aaron did so as the Lord commanded, and he lifted up the rod and smote the waters that were in the river in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants, and all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. All right, now the opening or the pouring out of the third vial. This is verses 4 through 7. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the water say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and was and shall be, because you have judged thus, for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. Now, talking to the seed of the Antichrist, we're talking to those that have taken the mark of the beast, and we're talking of those that during these last three and a half years, amen, they have slayed and killed many saints of God and many prophets, amen. This, this, goes, uh, this goes throughout the tribulation period. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. This also reminds us of the plague upon the Nile River in Egypt that was turned to blood. And the star that fell upon the waters of earth, turning them poisonous, killing those who drank the poison water. And so John hears the angel of the water say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and was and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets. Think about the two prophets, the two witnesses that we we, uh, looked at earlier. And thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. The retribution of this judgment upon the wicked of earth is an answer to the prayers of the martyr saints of the fifth seal, whose blood was poured out under the altar of God in heaven. Amen. God answers prayers. Not in the time frame that we want him to, but they will be answered. Think about all of those prayers that were that were stored in heaven that were poured out as incense upon the earth. Those were prayers that were prayed that didn't take place at the time they were prayed, but they were uh, reserved for the end time, and they were answered then. 
All right, now the fourth vial, verses 8 and 9. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat. Now notice this. And blasphemed the name of God, which has power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. Amen. Now think about that for just a moment. Right before Jesus prophesied of his return, he said this, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea, and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and looking for after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken." John expressly says that these men blaspheme the name of God and they refuse to repent. The very God who has power over these plagues. Think of Pharaoh in the middle of the plagues if he had repented, amen, and let the children of Israel go. Think what would have happened. There would have not have been the last five plagues would not have taken place. Now that's something for us to think about. Pouring out of the fifth vial. Now, this is in verses 10 and 11. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seed of the beast. And his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain. And once again, verse 11, and they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. Now, let me read again out of Exodus chapter 10. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out thine hand toward heaven. That there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all of the land of Egypt for three days. Now, the judgment of the vows has proven at this point, and we're going to see, for, we're going to go further, that the men of earth, they're not going to repent and give God the glory. And notice that back in Exodus chapter 10, it says there was darkness over the land, even darkness which may be felt. I know this to be a fact because I went into a cave that there was absolutely no light in that cave. And I could take my hand and place it right in front of my eyes and I couldn't see my hand. And there was an oppression in that darkness. It's almost like water uh, when you go down under under the water, how, how the water presses against uh, your body. That's what I felt. I felt a darkness. I felt an oppression. I also felt a fear. So I know exactly what this is like. Now, let's look at the pouring out of the sixth vial in verses 12 through 16. And the angel, sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs, like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keeps his garment, lest he walks naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. So now John sees the sixth angel pour out his vial upon the Euphrates River and the river dries up. Then he sees three demons, unclean spirits, 
that looked like frogs come out of the mouth of the unholy trinity, the dragon, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. So this proves that the Antichrist and the false prophet, they're possessed of the devil. They have, they are the same, have the same spirit that's in the dragon, which is the devil. Now, John sees the purpose of these three demon spirits. It's to deceive the men of the world, to gather them together under the banner of the Antichrist to do battle against the Lord. And this is the purpose of the Euphrates River being dried up to make way for the kings of the east. So now here is the Antichrist preparing to gather a huge army to battle the Lord of hosts. And remember also that we talked about the four angels, the four fallen angels that were released out of the Euphrates River. So this is this is lining up to be a a terrible, terrible final battle. Now, John says this. He says he speaks of the Lord, saying, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keeps his garment, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. They see his shame. The Lord Jesus, in revealing to John the events that will transpire within the time frame of the Great Tribulation, this uh, the seven-year tribulation is also known as Daniel's 70th week, encourages those who read this book and is encouraging us now that we're studying this book, he encourages them to watch, meaning to be sober-minded, to be spiritually alert, to keep their garments, meaning to keep themselves from being spotted by worldliness. And we see this in uh, Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brother, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. For when people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But, talking to the Thessalonian church, but you are not in darkness, brothers, that that day should surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For, verse 9, for God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. So now the scripture teaches us that the day of the Lord will come upon the inhabitants of the earth as a thief in the night. But the believers in Christ, they'll escape God's wrath. Think of all the multitude of people saved during the tribulation period. None of the judgments that came upon the world came upon them because a man of their faith in Christ. So now the place where the forces of Antichrist are being drawn to is a place called in the Valley of Megiddo. It's a place called the Plain of Esdralon. It's also called the Valley of Jezreel. And this is where Armageddon is going to take place, the Valley of Megiddo. 
All right, now the seventh vial. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings. There was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth. So mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And once again, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. So John sees the seventh seventh angel, and he pours out his vial into the air. And then a voice came out of the temple and said, It is done. It's the Greek word gagonen. And it's a verb in the present tense, meaning that all that God has intended is completed prior to the coming of the Lord Jesus to reclaim the earth. It is done. Just like on the cross, Jesus said it is finished. Right here, it is done. Amen. There's only the one thing to follow, and that's the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So following this declaration... Uh, uttered out of the temple, John witnesses great upheavals upon earth, voices, thunders, lightnings, a great and mighty earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, and it shook and divided the great city. Now let me read this out of another translation. Then the seventh angel poured out his flask into the air, and a mighty shout came from the throne of the temple in heaven, saying, It is finished. Then the thunder crashed and rolled and lightning flashed and there was a great earthquake of a magnitude unprecedented in human history. That great city of Babylon split into three sections. Cities around the world fell in heaps of rubble. And so all of Babylon's sins were remembered in God's thoughts and she was punished to the last drop of anger in the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. So we see... You know, John describes other cities, they fall into ruins. The islands of the sea disappear, mountains leveled to the ground. And to top all of that off, there's, there fell upon men a plague of great hail so large, even hailstones weighed about 100 pounds. And this is exactly what happened in the days of Joshua when God uh, rained upon the enemies of Israel great hail. But notice this, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hell, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. See, they passed their day of visitation. Now there's no healing. There's no, there, there is no remedy but, but the judgment of God. These who have refused to bow their knee to Jesus, now they have become fit for destruction. So that all that the Lord has done, you know, in trying them upon earth to try to get these uh, people to repent, It's only served the purpose of hardening their hearts further against the Lord and against his Christ. Amen. So now the great tribulation has ended. The end has come for those who dwell upon the earth of those who have received the mark of the beast. So these two chapters, they form the last events right towards the end of the great tribulation, right before uh, the coming of the Lord. And the completion of the pouring out of these seven vile judgments, it's done. Now, there's nothing else to be done 
other than the Son of Man returning to take possession of the earth. Now, in the next two chapters, chapter 17, chapter 18, they're parenthetical chapters where John sees and describes uh, the destruction of great Babylon, Babylon the Great. Now, let me go ahead and say this before we close, and this is found in Ezekiel 33, verse 11. Notice what God says to Ezekiel. Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I take no pleasure at all in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. Why then should you die, O house of Israel? And so it's God's good pleasure to give all people the kingdom, but they've got to repent. And I want to ask you, if you're listening to this broadcast, have you repented? Have you given glory to God? Have you bowed your knee to Jesus? Have you asked him to come into your heart and life and to make you a brand new person inside? You, If you do that and you haven't done that up to this point and you do that, you will escape all these things that are going to come upon the earth. You'll be, you'll be uh, part of the family of God. You'll be, you'll be found, amen, in Christ Jesus and he will save you from the wrath to come. Heavenly Father, bless this word and bless this work, and we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.